Glory be to God. Amen. There's no fear. Walls will come down. We trust God. You may be seated. Good morning. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord? Seeking his presence. Looking for his guidance. And hearing his word. I'm Pastor Jose Torres. I'd like to welcome you to Commitment Community Church, a place for all nations. And for those watching online, we pray today that the Lord speaks directly into your heart and supplies your needs and hears your cry because that's what he wants to do. We have to be willing to allow him to do that in our lives. But before we get into today's sermon message, and I remind you that it's titled, the sermon series is titled Acts. Why not us? Why not now? Today we're going to be touching on the point of all, the all-nation church, a continuation from Pastor's uh, sermon of last week. And I want to remind you, uh, like I reminded the, the church this morning, that there's only two more parts. Next week is the final part of the message. And then celebration. When I say celebration, I mean the POW service. If you guys don't understand what the POW service is all about. It's about praising and glorifying God. And I invite all of you to partake of that last week, the eighth week. Where God will be answering our cry why not us why not now I expect to see wonderful things happen that day miracles, healing people move to do what God has called them to do so let us take this moment to pray and ask God to, to speak to our lives today and to minister to our hearts Heavenly Father, I come in front of your presence one more time, giving you the glory and the honor for all that you do. Dear Lord, I ask you right now, dear Lord, that you remove me from this place, O oh Lord, and, and you take the lead, Heavenly Father, that every word that is uttered through my mouth, dear Lord, be guided by the Holy Spirit, dear Lord. I ask you, O oh Lord, that you supply the need of your people as they attentively listen to your voice, O oh Heavenly Father, through the scriptures that you may supply their needs and answer their prayers and their cries. Dear Lord, uplift those that need you to uplift them, dear Lord. Encourage those that need to be encouraged, dear Lord. And move those that need to be moved, O oh Lord, to do your will. Heavenly Father, we ask you, O oh Lord, now that you take control of this moment, that you speak to our lives, and that your will be done. In Jesus' name, we say amen. During this month, we've been covering the Acts, the book of Acts, and asking the question, why not us, why not now? And last week, Pastor uh, was going over the sermon series that pertained to how do we reach all nations. But before that, let's uh, briefly cover the slides that we've been using the entire message 
to just remind you of what we've already learned. The sermon series purpose to encourage the body of Christ to give the Holy Spirit complete access that he may still act powerfully in us and through us today. Complete access. Complete access to the Holy Spirit to act powerfully through us. The settings for the stages, we've been surveying the book of Acts uh, and dividing it into uh, four sections of teaching. First section was the local church, us. Then the second section was the Baal church, which is beyond our walls. The third section, which we are currently in, is the all-nation church. And section four is the calling of the church to unite together to pray and glorify God and ask him, why not us? Why not now? The meaning of Acts. Many think that it's, it's the, the books of the, the apostles, what they experienced. But truly it is the act of the Holy Spirit of Christ working through the apostles. So it's nothing to do with the men that God used, but the Holy Spirit that used those men. It's all about that. The author, Luke, he was a uh, reputable uh, Gentile, non-Jew, physician, doctor. Uh, he was not a witness, per se. He wasn't a chosen disciple of the 12, but he was considered one of the 70 that came after he was a researcher and a historian, and being a doctor, he knew this was about life and death, spiritual life and death. So he really got into the preparation of these letters um, that he wrote. Next slide. The purpose of Acts. Acts is the continuation of the book of Luke, Luke uh, Luke's two letters written to Theophilus. Who is Theophilus? There's three thoughts. He was a Roman official, uh, an actual person who could have been a convert of Luke's. Another thought was Theo, God, philosopher, friend, a term used for Christian, friend of God. And lastly, it's believed that Luke is, he was doing an invitation to those that didn't believe in Christ to become friends of Christ. In chapter 1, we cover uh, Christ's commission and ascension. The promise that he gave to his disciple, he ordered them, gave him marching orders as to what they had to do to prepare for the coming. In chapter 2, we learned about the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire, as Jesus promised, how the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 that were gathered just as the Lord had commanded them to do in the high place. And it says that the walls tremble when the Holy Spirit moved in their midst, causing them to speak in tongues of fire where all nations could understand what they were saying. Chapter 3 and 4, talk, we talked about in the name of Jesus. What power is in the name of Jesus? How these men of God were preaching the gospel through Jesus Christ. 
explaining to everyone who Jesus Christ was and his purpose here on earth. Chapter 5, we covered uh, how the church is funded and they gave God full control of their wealth. Chapter 6 and 8, the church continues to move in power, courageous organizational structure, and through persecution. Chapter 8 to 12, the church moves beyond his wall. So it was going outside of this wall as God had commanded it to go to Judea, Samira, and the outermost parts of the world. It happened through persecution, through stretching of the, the believers, and by identifying with Christ, and the most important one, through fervent prayer. Chapters 13 to 28 is where we find ourselves presently. How the church starts reaching all nations. Let's begin. Last week, Pastor covered how does the church reach all nations. And he covered three points, and they were these. When we follow the plan of God, when we walk in the calling, which was found in Acts 13, verses 1 through 4, 13, 42 to 52. And when we're willing to sacrifice, and that was part one. We'll be touching on part two of sacrifice today. So let us begin with sacrifice. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice is giving up or losing something. Something that is dear to us, something that is comforting to us, we must give it up. Why? Because it may be hindering us from reaching other nations. Sometimes the, the political arena, we hold that dear to our hearts, and that conflicts with reaching others because we don't agree with their, their philosophy of politics, so we don't reach them like God wants us to reach them. Sometimes it is that we don't agree on the manner of the way they worship God, the way they sing songs. You know, some people sing hymns. Some people sing more contemporary. And because of that, there are conflicts. But we must sacrifice these things in order to reach all nations. The first point under sacrifice and we're just going to briefly talk about these so we can get into the main part that I want to speak about, is through stoning. In Acts 14, 19 to 23, um, we see where Paul was uh, taken out by the Jewish leaders of the synagogue and stoned and left for dead. They thought he was dead, so they left him out of the uh, synagogue laying on the ground thinking he was dead. But that wasn't God's purpose. He arose and he was healed and recuperated and continued to preach the gospel as God commanded him to do, reaching many nations. We too sometimes get stoned. You say, well, nobody's throwing rocks at me. Well, no, it doesn't have to be a physical rock. But the hurling of words sometimes is like a rock that hits us and hurts us like insults when we're preaching the word of God to people and they're just insulting us like ah 
you're, you're a Jesus believer, ha, 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 and they laugh in our face. Sometimes that hurts. And that is symbolic to the stones that have hit some of these disciples. It was hurtful. But they continued to march on. And we must continue to march on preaching the gospel to all nations. Some places in the, in the world, they're still stoning. They still condone stoning of believers. There's stories after stories in India and in China and in places where the word of God cannot be preached. That people have been dragged out of their churches or the place where they're gathering to, to learn the word of God. And they literally pick up stones and they stone these people. Those that survive and don't die continue to preach the word of God. Why? Because they sacrifice their own bodies so that the gospel can reach others, other nations. Another point of sacrifice is relational conflict. Sometimes our relationships with others are sacrifice. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41, it talks about the conflict that Paul had with Mark because Mark failed him previously. And they were going to go out on this journey, going back to the churches to encourage the churches, to speak to the churches and see how the churches were doing. But God's will was not that. What God allowed was a conflict of between the relationship between Mark and Paul where Paul did not want to go with Mark. So Paul took Silas and Bartholomew took, Barnabas, I'm sorry, took Mark. They joined together. They parted in different directions. Well, you see that. You might think, oh, that's terrible. They, there was conflict. But God used that conflict to reach more people because now there was two pairs of men that were preaching the gospel in different directions. They were reaching more cities and more churches and more people and more nations because they were separated. At the end, Paul calls on Mark and recognizes that he is a man of God and he humbles himself and accepts him back into his group. What? relationship conflict are you going through that God may be using so that his word can be preached to others and to other nations third point is imprisonment Acts 16 chapter 16 verses 22 to 40 it talks about when Paul and Silas were thrown into the prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because the Jewish people that they were preaching to did not want to accept what they were hearing. They were willing to hear the word of God. And it says, while they were in prison, they commenced to pray and they commenced to sing worship song to God. And it says that at that moment, there was a mighty earthquake. The earth shook. The gates of the prison opened and they were freed. But none of them stepped out of that prison because God did not command them to step out. The jailer the next morning runs to the prison to check 
on the prison and finds the gates open. And the first thing he thinks of, oh, they all escaped. The leaders are going to kill me. So I might as well beat them to it. He pulls out his sword to commit suicide, to kill himself in shame. But Paul quickly yells to him and says, do not do it. We are all still here. Even in the midst of their imprisonment, they were able to minister to this jailer and his family, and they became believers of Christ. What imprisonment are you in right now? You may not be in a physical imprisonment, but is there something that is binding you, chaining you, some conflict, some, some hardship that is going in your life that's holding you in bondage? Are you praying and singing to the Lord worship songs during this time so that he may deliver you and give you strength to continue to preach and testify that God is mighty to those nations that need to hear it. I implore you that this great United States, they don't imprison us for speaking the word of God. But unfortunately, there are other places in the world that they do, that people, other believers cannot freely preach the gospel. In December 2019, less than two years ago, the Chinese government sentenced Pastor Wang Yi to a nine-year prison sentence for preaching the gospel. Although in prison, Pastor Yi continued to share the gospel with joy. And in a message from the prison, Pastor Yi stated, I hope God uses me by means of the losing of my personal freedom to tell those who have deprived me of my personal freedom that there is a higher authority than their authority and that there is a freedom that they cannot restrain, a freedom that fills the church. Although he was in prison, he still had joy and he still had trust in God and he did not stop speaking about his father telling the world that he was the authority, that his freedom was greater than any freedom that we may obtain here on this earth. Through attacks. In Acts 17, 1, 9, we see that the enemy used several men to attack Paul and, and, and physically attack him and verbally attack him. Um, but the enemy uses attacks against us all the time. Tries to bring us down, try to get us in a place of depression, and uh, doubt. But let me tell you something, brothers. When you sacrifice through those moments that you're going through that feel hard and you sacrifice praise to God and you go to the scripture and you start just speaking the word of God to others in the midst of your misery, in the midst of your sorrow, God does miraculous things. He saves lives. Even though you're going through some hardships, some attacks. Through separation in Acts 20, 
verse 17 to 38, it talks about when Paul was realizing that he was coming to the end of his ministry. And he finds himself with a group of church believers and he starts to say his goodbyes. He says, you know, that shortly you're not going to see me. Shortly we're not going to see us face to face because there's something that God has planned for me and I have to fulfill it. When we lose a loved one, Sometimes that hardship that we feel, that, that pain that we feel from separation from them, it, it's overwhelming. But when that person is in Christ, that separation is temporary. Because we know and we trust that God has prepared a place for them in heaven. And that one day, either through death or through the sounding of the trumpet, we will see them again face to face. So separation is a suffering. We suffer. But know that through separation, God can use those moments to minister to those that are around you. They don't understand why there is joy in your heart when they're suffering. They don't understand that how can you be at peace when you're going through this hardship. God uses those things in the word of God to encourage others to come to know him. Through false accusation, uh, there are several chapters that talk about the false accusations, accusations that came upon Paul. It starts in chapter 21, goes out through chapter 27. And false accusations are charges against uh, one of wrongdoing that one has not done. When we are falsely accused of doing something because we're speaking the word of God, that is a blessing. When people accuse us of wrongdoing when we're speaking the word of God, that is a blessing. Because Paul continued to preach in the synagogues and then the Jewish leaders, the high priests, came against them and they gathered men that were evil and they rose false accusation against Paul. But Paul continued to preach the gospel. It says they, they, they beat him. And while they were beating the centurion, the Roman soldier came and, and rescued him and wonder, wanted to know why they were beating him and they raised false accusation and they wanted to kill him. But the centurion, led by God, took him into the barracks of the soldiers and they protected him. It says that he continued to be falsely accused in front of the governor, in front of the king, and in front of all the people. And every time that he stood up to defend himself, he did not defend himself, but he defended the word of God, what he was preaching. And when we do that, when we stand on the word of God, lives are changed. They have to change. Because it's not us, but the word of God that makes the change in their lives. The last point of sacrifice is shipwreck. You say, shipwreck? Okay, how's this apply? In Acts 27, 14 through 44, and Acts 28, 1 to 
10, it talks about when um, Paul was being led or taken to uh, see Caesar, to be judged by Caesar. And they were about to board the ship. And God revealed to, to Paul that if they were to set out, that a great storm was coming. And Paul, in his wisdom, spoke to the centurion and to the captain of the ship and says, we should not sail for a great storm is coming. But the centurion turned to the pilot of the ship and to the captain of the ship and asked them their advice. And they said, yeah, let's go. So centurion said, we're, we're heading out. They, they boarded on the ship over 200 men and prisoners, and they set sail. Shortly after, the winds started rising. The great storm started to come. Like, compared to like the northeasterns that we have out here, that the winds blow hard and strong. Well, the ship started being tossed back and forth. Then an angel of God came to Paul again and revealed to him and said, Do not fear, for God's plan is for you to be seen by Caesar. And that must happen. Just tell everyone on the ship that not one life will perish. The ship is going to perish. Everything on the ship that is not human will perish. But no one will lose their lives. It came to fruition that when the storm got worse, they dropped all the anchors. They threw off all the, all the stuff that was on the ship. And the winds were so heavy that it tossed and started breaking the ship apart. The men started jumping off the ship. Those that couldn't swim would grab things to hang on. But it says that when the storm was over and they landed on the land, not one soul was lost, just like God had promised. What storm are you going through? What storm are you going through right now that looks like you're going to perish? God is saying, trust me, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. You have to endure this storm so that you can be a testimony on the other side when I bring you through. That others may now know that I am a mighty God, that I protect my children, and that I will deliver you safely to the other side. No matter what else you lose, you can lose your house, your car, you can lose all your money as long as God delivers you to the other side. As long as you have God in your life, all things will be fulfilled. That's how we reach other nations through our testimony. Now we're going to get into a point that I think is very important to us. It says, how can we reach all nations when we rely on the scriptures. The scriptures. This book that God has left us. It says that God inspired chosen men, chosen authors to write down what God gave them. Instructions. A map. For all Christians to follow, all believers to follow. This book, this scriptures, is 
the audible word of God. This is a way he is speaking to us on a daily basis. There is nothing in your life that you cannot go and search in the scriptures that is not there. Any problems that you're going through, the answer is here. Any difficulties you're going through, the map is here how to get through it. This word has power. This word in its original form is flawless. This word that we have restores us, strengthens us, encourages us, and guides us. It is a light unto our feet, it says in Psalms 119 verses 105. It is a light to our feet and it guides our path. So when you find yourself in darkness, overwhelmed with the problems of this world, turn to the scriptures and it will guide you through those things. It will be your light that brings you through that dark tunnel. Not only is it a light, but it is nourishing. This is nourishment to our lives. Because in Matthew 4, 4 it says, but he answered and said, it is written, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what is this word? This is the word of God that came out of his mouth to strengthen us, to nourish us, to encourage us to do his will. How do we reach our nation? By using the tool that God has given us. This is a simple tool that he's given us to go reach others so that they may understand who God is. It is also a weapon that God has given us. It is our sword to battle against the enemy when he comes against us. When I was in the army, they gave me a rifle. First time I handled that rifle, I didn't know anything about it. But the wonderful thing about the military is they train you. Took the weapon. They showed me how to take it apart piece by piece. They told me, you have to know every nomenclature, which is the of the weapon, before you can actually shoot it. I would take it apart, put it together. I memorized where the parts went, what part was important, what parts had to be there, what parts had to be clean. And then, after I learned all that, and they taught me how to dry fire without any bullets in it, then they entrusted me with bullets. They put one in the chamber and said, fire down range, and I was able to focus in and fire and hit my target. Well, do you know the nomenclature of the Bible? Do you know the parts of the Bible that you need to use? This is the greatest weapon that any man could ever have. Because with this, you can penetrate the hardest heart. With this word, God can change those hearts. With this word, you can uplift someone who's going through some hard times. The scriptures are powerful. But 
The next point in Acts 17, 10 to 15, we're going we're gonna to see that there has to be a willingness to hear the word of God. There has to be a willingness to take the word of God. It says in chapter 17, verses 10, as the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Bethria. Bethria. <laughs> and, and when they arrived and they went into the synagogues of the Jews. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. And therefore many of them believed along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. So this is right after Paul and Silas were in Thessalonia. And some received in the synagogue the word of God freely. But other Jews closed their ears and didn't want to hear what they were preaching. They became jealous. And they, they rose against Paul and Silas and they were trying to cause them harm. So they had to flee Thessalonia. And here we see that in Bithia, there their, their Jews that were in the synagogue were willing to hear. They had their ears open to hear in their hearts to accept what the word of God was being expressed to them through Paul and Silas. When there is willingness in the hearts of those that we go to preach this gospel, the word of God penetrates their hearts and they accept it. And they put it into practice. They examine it daily. And they start walking in it. But you have to be willing to go and preach this gospel. Oh, but I'm not a pastor. But I'm not a deacon. I'm not an elder. I'm not, I'm not a ministry team leader. Am I called to do that? Yes. Because there are nations out there amongst your job, the streets, you may encounter someone from a different location that doesn't look like you, doesn't talk like you, and culturally they worship differently than you, but they need to hear the scriptures. And you can provide them the scripture by going into it yourself and studying it. And when you see a moment that they need it, preach it to them. And you'll see how God and his word penetrates those hearts and, and mends those hearts he, he crumbles those hard hearts and he draws them near to himself. How do we do this? We do this through teaching. In Acts 17, 16 to 21, I'm going to read verse 19. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming. Paul was now in Athens because those guys from Thessalonia made it to that other town, Berea, and they started causing commotion and, and agitating the people, causing Paul to flee from that area. And now he is now found in Athens. And Athens is a place where there's a lot of um, idolatry. There were, there were worshiping idols everywhere you saw there was a statue for one God, another God, other God, another God, another God. So they were worshiping everything under the sun. And Paul found himself in this location. And like 
like he is accustomed to doing, he always goes into the synagogue and he starts teaching and preaching with the, um, to the Jews. And he finds himself there preaching in the synagogue and also in the marketplace. And many of the scholars, if you don't know um, the Greek history, there's a lot of scholars, a lot of teachers that came from the Greek um, uh, groups. Um, and they're always wanting to learn something. Well, so when they heard in the marketplace about this new teaching, they were curious. They wanted to know. So they invited Paul to bring these new teachings to them. So you may find yourself talking about the word of God and someone may be listening and saying, hey, that's new to me. I've never heard that. Can you teach me more? We must be willing to get into the word and be prepared to teach the word to others so that they may understand and may come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Through ignorance, we can reach other nations. Say, huh? Through ignorance? How's that? Well, in Acts chapter 17, uh, verses 22 to 34, we're going to key on verse 25, correction 23. And it says this, For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this is this I proclaim to you. So this is Paul. He finds himself surrounded by all these people that are invited him to teach him about the word of God. And one thing about Paul, he was always looking around for an opportunity so that he could be able to preach. And while he was there, he was looking at all the, these altars, all these statues for all these gods, and he noticed this one inscription that said, to an unknown God. They were worshiping something that they did not know. So Paul, being wise in the spirit, says, I can use this. This is my opportunity. This is the door that is open to present the gospel. So that God that you don't know, I know him. That's my God. And this is my God, and he presented his God. What opportunities are you looking for on a daily basis? Are you looking for opportunities to share the gospel? Is God providing you opportunities and you're missing them? I implore you when you get up in the morning that your prayer be, Lord, use me today as you will. And provide me the opportunity to share this gospel, this, this word, this word that edifies to someone that is in need. Maybe it's your boss that's having a hectic business day. He's, he's frustrated with his employees, frustrated with the vendors that are not bringing him the stuff that he needs and the, the chaos of the government taxing him on every little thing. And he's frustrated to the point that he doesn't know what to do. And he yells, I don't know what to do. And you're in his presence and you say, oh, an opportunity. Hey, boss. I know what you need to do. There's a, there's a man named Jesus who says that he will be with me all my days and he will provide for all my needs. 
That's the opportunity that you got to present Jesus and God and salvation to this man who's frustrated with all the chaos that's around him. The word of God then penetrates his heart and, and calms him down and brings peace on him where he now wants to know more about that. So look for the opportunities that God is affording you every day that you walk out of your house because he's affording you, I guarantee you, he's affording you many opportunities. Sometimes we are blind to them or sometimes we are scared to go into that opportunity. Oh, that person is not from my same race or that person doesn't speak English. That's a Spanish person. I only speak English. How can I, how can I, I, I present God to him? Simply. There is a unified, uh, unified language that we all use. Gestures, our hands. God has gifted us with that. So when you see a person that looks like they need prayer and they're crying, you can say, uh, excuse me, no habla inglés? No. Joe, me, pray for you. Person looks at you like, oh, pray? Yeah, pray for you. And you can pray in English, and I guarantee you the same prayer in English, Spanish, Swahili, whatever language you speak, has the same power because you're claiming it in Jesus' name. And that person will be reached. That person from another nation will be reached and be drawn to God and understand that God is looking for them and wants to do something with their lives. My last point to conclude. The scripture is shared by others. Okay? Scriptures are shared by others. It says that in verse 24... Chapter 18 says a Jewish, a Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the scripture. This man had been instructed in the ways of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus being acquainted only with baptism, the baptism of, of John. I'll read verse 26. And he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So God uses and prepares and calls others into ministry to, to speak the scriptures. And they go through their learning and they're sent out. But here we see that God was using this, this young man to preach the gospel. And he was doing it fervently through the Holy Spirit. And people were being changed and people were being delivered into God's hands. But these two servants, these two brothers and sisters, they, they, they heard him and they, they felt, I need to come alongside my brother and pour into my brother so that he can do this better. How do we pour into our brothers and sisters that are being called by God? First, 
we must pray for them. It may take funding, but we must give towards their ministry. Third, we must teach if we're teachers so that they can do more with more understanding. So when God calls others, when God lifts young men and women or older people in the church, it is incumbent upon the church to support them, encourage them, and uplift them, and encourage them to go preach the gospel. Because the gospel is what changes lives. It is the word of God. It is the closest thing to hearing his voice in our ear. He speaks to us daily through the word of God. If you're not in it, you're going to miss a lot. A lot of blessings, a lot of corrections sometimes when we're doing something wrong. And a lot of opportunities to lead others from other nationalities, races, genders to God. The greatest tool that any Christian soldier has is the Bible. Use it without fear, trusting God. Because every, even if you just read the scriptures and don't say anything else, it is the word of God. It is mighty to stand by itself and to change lives and draw them to Christ. I encourage you to join us next week for the final segment of our sermon series. I encourage you to be here on the eighth week for our power service. I know. Because I know. That something special is going to happen that day. If we come openly and willingly. To receive what God has in store. He will answer the question that we've been asking. Why not us? Why not now? If you truly are asking this question. This is not a logo. But a question that you have in your heart. Why not me? Why not now? I guarantee you. I guarantee you that my God will answer that question for you that day. Be prepared to receive what God is instructing you to do for his glory and his honor to reach all nations. Right now we're going to have uh, Sister Sarah come up uh, with a presentation. Because we're going to encourage you. As you see, these lovely shirts, she's going to talk more about it. Good afternoon. My name is Sarah. I am a staff member here at Commitment. Um, and as you see, we all have on our lovely sermon series t-shirts. We do make one for every sermon series. Um, but as Pastor Jose mentioned, we are going to conclude this series with the time of prayer and worship, which is that fourth Sunday, October 25th. So we invite you to come out and we also encourage you to wear your shirts with us. So if you have one, please wear it that day. If you don't and would like to purchase, you can purchase online at www.commitmentchurch.org. And we also have order forms for you in the back. Should you have any questions, you can see myself 
or Elder Carl, who opened our service for us. Amen? All right, we'll have a few more words from Teresa. Well, good afternoon, uh, Church Online and in person. I hope you guys are doing well. I just want to encourage you guys to really take this sermon series and um, make it personal. Really ask yourselves, why not us, why not now? Why not use me, God, to spread the gospel to my friends, my family, my neighbors, strangers, anybody? Anyone you see, just spread the gospel. And seriously, join us to come together, to pray, to worship. I even challenge you to fast that day. If you don't fast any other day, fast that day. Some things can't be done just by just praying and worshiping. Some things can be done so much powerful with fasting as well. So I encourage you to do it. Um, fill the seats in the church. There's plenty open. We're still practicing social distancing. And also, if you're online, fill the, fill the seats at your home, your dinner table, your couches, please. So with that being said, have a great week.